0: I say unto you, except the corn of wheat fall into the ground and die at mine alone, but if you die, you'll bring forth much fruit. And I wanted to get to know God better. Now, I, I don't know that I told you this, but I want to get to know God like no other Christian on the planet. And, and that was a decision I made. And because of that, it's and now that's, that's um, it that's changed everything about me because uh, 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 y'all remember my favorite color? I told you two years ago, my favorite color is. And because you know that is because you spent time with me <laughs> and I get to know God. I've got a message now. I might get to share it with you uh, that I might know him, you know, in the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering. And and Paul wanted to be perfect and he wanted to know God. And I said, I want to know God intimately. And I and I moved it up a bar. I want to get to know God like no other Christian on the planet. And so that therefore, because of those decisions, uh, uh, I've got to spend time with him like no other Christian on the planet. And I've got to love him like no other Christian on the planet. You've got to get to know God like Abraham did. You're going to have to love him like Abraham did. And he said, I'll put my thing on the thing that thou lovest. (laughs) And that was what he, Isaac, thy son, the one thou lovest. He even said that in Genesis. He said, I want you to put him on the sacrifice. You know, he was, and uh, so he will put his finger on the thing that you love more than you love the Lord. And that could be your wife. And that could be your eyes. That could be your hearing. Yes, and before you uh, get to know God that way, you better make sure you actually mean what you say and say what you mean because God may just very well uh, put you through that to see if you actually you meant what you said. And so that's why it's so important. You know, when you give Him your eyes, I surrender your brain. You know, we're going to talk about that. You yield your mind. It's a decision. All these are decisions. And every decision you make draws you one step closer to the I am. And you've got to decide how close you want to get. So Romans twelve one. Uh, preach a message in living sacrifice by way of introduction god did not save us that we might live for ourselves period <laughs> he did not do that that would be way too easy no he did not save us that we might live for ourselves and do what we want to do uh, we have a passion to make money a passion to, uh, for notoriety and a passion to build a business but do you have a passion to walk with god a passion to go know christ like no other christian on the planet and so that's that was with the other one the passion that i have a passion to know god and You've got to decide, and is it worth it? Is he, you got to decide, is it actually worth it? And so um, 2 Corinthians 5.15 says, And that he, Christ, died for all. Oh, he did. Well, we know that. For God so loved the world, he's not willing that any should perish. And so he, he died for all mankind. That they which live, those who have now experienced this new birth... Uh, experience you know John 3 7 Jesus says marvel not I said unto ye ye must be born again and so now so he's saying Christ died for all that they which live this newness of life should not henceforth live unto themselves Stop living for yourself but unto him which died for them and rose again. And so then again, it's right there, one of the clearest passages in the instruction manual, how we can live for Christ, is that uh, he did not save us, that we might live for ourselves and do what we want to do, but that we might choose, it's a decision to walk with God, to live for Christ. And so you've got to decide where you're going to come down on that. So Romans 6, 6, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. Why did you die with Christ? I talked about that. I talked about that the last time I was here. Romans 6, 6, Knowing this, that all man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. And henceforth, we should not serve sin. And so, you've got to make a decision. You ought not be serving the old sin nature that you have, that you're born with. We ought to be serving the Lord. We ought to be serving Jesus. And if we're serving Him, uh, we ought to live now in such a way that we can say that we are abiding in Him, we're united in Him, we're in fellowship with God. There's nothing between my soul and my Savior. That don't make me perfect. Just a, I keep a short account of sin. I don't wait till I go to bed at night. I don't say, Lord, please forgive me my wrongdoings. <laughs> You know, call sin by its right name. You lusted today; that was wicked. Matthew five twenty eight. Whosoever look on a woman to lust after her, you've committed adultery with you. you. Need to get that thing right. First John one nine. If we confess it, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then we need to build up guardrails. I love guardrails going around the mountain. I love that's Proverbs twenty five twenty eight. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down and without walls. So we're living the Christian life with no walls and no guardrails. And you're going to, I mean, you're an easy mark for the devil. I mean, no guardrails and no walls. You know, that was what was around the city of Jerusalem. And so if you don't have some walls up, you're going to drift toward the world. And worldly pleasures with very little resistance. So you got to build your walls. And Joshua 1, Joshua 1, nine. Have not a commandity, be strong and a good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for I am with thee, whithersoever thou goest. And that's Walmart, that's Kmart, and that's in the house, you know, and so, and Christ in the room. And so we you take this knowledge. You're in a classroom, you've been in the classroom ever since he saved you. That means you're in school. You, you might as well like school because you're going to be in school until he takes you home. Okay, and so he's building character, and so he's up all night, and he's got you on his heart and mind, and he's going through, and he says, "Well, how can I?" He's like a, a, a mechanic, he, just like the NASCAR mechanics. They, they they get a bunch of money just to tweak this engine so it'll get the best performance out of the engine before it explodes. Well, the difference is God will tweak you, put you, he'll make it very uncomfortable, and He'll tweak you. You think you're going to explode? He'll get you out of the comfort zone. But I'm telling you, He's already promised He's not going to let you explode. Okay. He gave way to escape. So you can. So once you start thinking like Christ and letting you know what He's doing in your life, and he, you know He just didn't leave us here and take off. And He's trying to build character, not only in this world, the world to come. And so, and when one we realize Second Corinthians five fifteen is one of the clearest passage in the Bible, which teaches, teaches us that He did not save us that we might live our, for ourselves and do what we want to do, but we might choose to live for Christ, to walk with God, to talk to God, to fellowship with Him, having talked back to us through His Word, and we're to do what He says. Go where he wants it to go, bring our life in total submission to him, and then we'll discover what the normal Christian life is about. Normal Christianity 101. And then it goes from there. And so now, with that in mind. Uh, and so, old man crucified with him might be destroyed, so you ought not be serving the old sin nature. Remember, I told you how to, uh, you have, uh, you can turn the old sin nature off. Remember, you go home, turn on TV, something comes on TV, not fit to watch. I told you two years ago, I just never, see, I never forgot it. <laughs> you see, you go home tonight, turn TV on, something comes on, not fit to watch. So what you do, you get, you can, you can, you get up and turn the thing off. Does it cease to exist? No, it exists out there somewhere, but you turned off the, the reception. The sin nature exists, it exists when you got up this morning. He probably wants you to hit the snooze button. Uh, he exists in you right now. He'd be wanting to go home. Time I get done in two hours, and then he'll be crying to go home. And then he'll be crying. He'll be crying when he get home, and he and you can turn him off like that bad TV program. Under the power of the Holy Spirit of God, you have the same power over the sin nature that you ought to have over a bad TV program. Don't forget it. That's it. That's I mean, whew, you just grew a bunch right there, providing you actually believe any of it, Fully persuaded that he actually, sin shall not have dominion over you. You no longer have to stay into the bunch of complaining. If you do, you choose to do it. It's not his fault. It's your fault. You see, this we should have. You, we should have already got this. So now we're going back over. I'm telling you, it's real. It's real. He never told us something we could not do. Uh, we should be far greater. David had nothing on us. The Apostle Paul, he gave us the book. We got the Spirit of God 24-7. We got the whole book. Man, we ought to take it to a new level. To a new level in our walk with God. And I challenge you to do that. So your body's not your own to do with as you please. <laughs> you got started it, okay? 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20. What? Know you're not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own. I'm sorry. You were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God. So... Why do, you, why do I hide his word in my heart? You should know this one by now. Why, why, I am challenge you to hide his word in your heart so you can walk with God. By his side, as his friend, as his companion. Have your heart burn within as he reveals himself to you. Why should he give you anything? Why should he heal you? Why should he give you wisdom? Why should he give you a photographic memory? Why should he get rid of your... So you're, you're being tried, tested, and then proven. <laughs> I was sharing with the pastor, God loves a cheerful giver. I said, well, by the grace of God, I'm going to be the best giver on the planet. I can't wait. <laughs> set the example. Why let the unsaved folks set the example of what a giver is? Unless God's people set what well, an example of a godly giver ought to be like. So those are decisions. Was well, he able? God's able to do abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. <laughs> right? You know, you're going to get in the book. Okay? And so so our body's not our own. In 1 Corinthians 10.31, this is, what's your main goal in life? This, does the Bible tell what our main goal in life ought to be? For First Corinthians ten thirty one, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all the glory of God. So your main goal in life ought to be glorifying God in all that you do. That's driving, stopping at the stop sign, that's shopping, that's walking across the street. I mean, it is a new one. I just thought, I just thought, you know, whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord, not not unto men. At at this point, you'll never be depressed. You never have a pat on the back. You see, you you never, you'll never be discouraged. You see, if you actually, if you do all, you clean, you clean your room as unto the Lord, not into men. You know, you clean the, the, you know, whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord, knowing that the Lord. He, I tell you, he, he knows. And if you just get in that, I'm just thinking that's again, it goes back to Christianity 101 whatsoever you do, do all do heartily as unto the lord you'll never have to have so if you somebody't so your feelings won't be easily hurt <laughs> I thought, man it' just you don't have to have a thank you it, 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 can you imagine what that would do for god 's people if they actually believed it and got a hold of it and so so your main goal in life is to glorify God and all that you do. And so God did not save us. He certainly did not save us that we might live for ourselves and do what we want to do. So we got to ask the question, why did he save you? Well, God saved us so that we would actually walk with God. He saved us so that we could walk with Him, that we might live for Christ and do the will of God and glorify God. And and, and and you say, well, how do you do that? How do you live for Christ? How do you do the will of God? How do you glorify God? And how can you stand before Him one day unashamed? Well, the Bible tells us how we, the children of God, can live such a life for Christ. And it's found here in Romans twelve one and 2. And the Paul is talking to Christians, I beseech you, therefore... Brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. That's a decision. Now, you hard part over, hard part past. No, that's a decision. Discipline's hard, and we ought to discipline ourselves like an athlete w- would. Work out day in, day out. You know, uh, certain things we don't do no more. Certain places we don't go no more. You know, uh, athlete going to the Olympics. Uh, that's another message I have. That you know, he's not going to go to McDonald's. I'm sorry. If he, he's got his uh, prize in mind. his gold. He's got, he, he, and he's, there are certain things he's not going to do anymore. And if you want to walk with God, you make no provision for the flesh. You have no confidence in the flesh. And certain things you don't do no more. Certain places you don't go no more. Not that they're wrong. It's just that they, when it comes to walking with God, you know, golf is not in. You'll never be good at golf. He requires more of my time now than ever before. And sometimes it's just... He says... He wants me to come to him and not ask for anything. He just wants me to stay in his throne room and just kinda look around. I'm thinking Can you imagine all if all I did was come to Daddy, 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 gimme, 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 give me daddy, 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 gimme, gimme, gimme. I mean he said, man, that's all they want. They they don't know me. They don't spend time with me. And so he says, I want you to come and just Enjoy my presence. I about man, when are you gonna start that one? <laughs> it's gonna take time. That takes time. Does it really matter? I'm telling you, yeah. He's he says, son, I, I always just gotta go in and spend time in his presence. I don't have to say anything. It's better. I guess. Does, does, that, does that make any sense, to anybody? No, maybe not just me. Okay, I'm just telling you. You know, if all you did was come to daddy and you want this, you want that, you know, but can you come to daddy and say, Dad, I love you? You know, I just wanted to be around you because I love you. <laughs> I don't want anything. You're like, what's wrong with you? You know, you, know, what's, well, you, know, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, you'll get there. So why then don't why do he save you? You say, preacher, how can I do that? How I live for Christ? Do the Lord of God. glorify God. The answer is found in the Bible. Go through the text. It tells us how to live such a life for Christ. And I'll share with you again what was shared with me some 30 years ago. The Apostle Paul, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, Whatever that means, set apart, dedicated to God, holy, acceptable unto God, uh, which is your reasonable service, well pleasing to God. And then he says, "Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that God's people may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God." And so, and the only way you can accomplish this is by means of the mercy of God. So, with no extra time, we'll notice three things. Number one, present your body as a living sacrifice. That's a decision. then uh, be not conformed to this world, and then be transformed. and uh, we thank you for that. So number one, present your body as a living sacrifice. So the Greek word present here is the very same word Paul used and in, in in, in, used in Romans 6:13 where it is translated yield. And so, uh, here he said, neither yield ye your members, and we talked about that, members are body parts, that's your ears, and your eyes, and your mouth, and your lead foot, you know, and different things. So, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness and of sin, don't yield your tongue to gossip, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you, and so, and yield your tongue to God. And, and so those are decisions you got to make. And now you make the decision made and hard part over, no. Because of faith he can't test, he can't trust. And he'll test you on your strength. By the time you get some of this mastered, you got, he'll, he'll, he'll feed out the string, you know. He'll let the noose go. And you'll just keep going, going, nothing happened to me yet. The guy's not suddenly going to panic and do something about it. And all of a sudden, <laughs> you got you and you go, you start over again, okay. <laughs> If we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. You did read the book, right? <laughs> well, nothing has happened to me yet. God's not suddenly going to panic. You've got to get to know Him, okay? Just because something had not happened that don't mean things are going smoothly, okay? He's given you an opportunity to get right, so He won't have to do it. God is, God is so good. And so, so neither yield to your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God. Well, it's the very same Greek word. So what was Paul saying? He's simply saying this, hey, folks, present your bodies a living sacrifice to God. He said, will you uh, yield your bodies a living sacrifice to God? Not as a dead sacrifice, but as a living sacrifice. And then in Romans 6.11... Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed into sin. Now in that sense we're a dead sacrifice. Dead indeed into sin. Dead indeed to living for ourselves. Uh, we choose to live for Christ and others. So again, again you're going to have to learn to die. Die, die daily. You're going to have to die to your dreams. Die to your plans. Die to your ambitions. Die to your goals. Die to the life you made for yourself. And so once you make a decision to die, and then you, I've been dying for 30 years. It's not something I've, I've been dying daily i've been dying and dying and dying and dying and dying why the more I get to, the more I die, the more Christ gets to call the shots he gets to it's not my will but thine he gets to live out his life in and through me like that's what he wants to do. He wants to live out his life in and through all of us and so uh, you're, but then, but that verse goes on to say uh, uh, but alive it says likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed and unto sin. Okay, dead indeed, the living yourself, dead indeed, but alive. That's the living part, but alive in the God. <laughs> Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the laws thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God, nor as those that are alive from the dead in your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. And so you can, and, for, and then he said for, I think it's verse 14 or 16, for sin shall not have dominion over you. And I think that's a wonderful promise. Sin shall not have dominion over you. no longer have to stay in sin. Uh, we no longer have to stay under the bondage of any sin. It's the sin that you just can't see. I haven't even preached on presumptuous sins. And that's one of my. I, I, usually, I, after two or three times I get in a church, I, you'll never forget it. I mean, that's one that most people remember. You say, Remember that day you preached on presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be upright and I shall be innocent of the great transgression and this, that, and the other and all. And it's the sin that he's dealt with you ever since the new birth. And if you think you get victory over pornography, alcohol, whatever, chocolate, if you've been saved 25 years and gone to church all your life and da-da-da and this, that, and the other, and and then finally after a long ordeal he gives you deliverance from chocolate. You don't understand the first thing about victory. You see, he gave you victory over pornography and chocolate the day he saved you. Now, you may not be living like it, driving like it, or shopping like it, or eating like it, but I'm telling you, it's already done. It's a done deal. And so, actually, I talked about that two years ago. And so, what are you saying? So, you no longer have to stay in sin. You no longer have to stay under the bondage of any sin. As a Christian, you do it. You choose to do it because He set you free. God set you free from the dominion, from the controlling power, from the rule and reign of the sin nature once and for all. Not from the presence of it. I don't know that I told you that. I know, you know Why? You know what, not from the presence of it? <laughs> he says, son, that would have been way too easy. Ha, <laughs> ha, I thought that's it. If he'd have took it away, eradicated the sin nature, man, we would have had nothing to fight against, man. We just, <laughs> we just. he left it there to build character in his kids. Isn't that great? God is so good. He never made a mistake. You can say no. Well, you don't know how hard it is. I mean, he never told you something we could not do. We tell our kids, say no to drugs. We tell them something, they can, no, no, that's a decision. And so was the same thing. He left the sin nature so he could build killer, in his kids. He could have took it away, but that it would have been way too easy. And so, uh, so, because you've been set free, you've already been set free from the dominion, control, and power to rule and reign of the sin nature, not from its presence, because that would be too easy, but his power to rule and reign in your life. <laughs> you say you can turn him off like a bad TV program. You have a new nature now. We all have the present, the Holy Spirit of God living in us as a Christian. Therefore, we have the power to turn off the sin nature under the power of the Spirit of God. We have the same uh, power to turn off the, uh, the sin nature as, as that bad TV program that we talked about earlier. It come on, you can say no. So therefore, you have the power to turn off the sin nature that you have. You've had it ever since. He saved you at five. Uh, you might not know that. It may take you another decade to get it, but you don't have to. So. Now, as we move on, Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Now, in that sense, you, you're a dead sacrifice. You're dead indeed into sin, dead indeed to living for yourself. But that verse goes on to say, nevertheless, I live. Well, that's the living part. That's the living sacrifice. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. Well, Folks, I have no life. I made a decision to lay down my life. I did, I did made a decision to die. Uh, Mark 8, 35. Whosoever will save his life shall lose it. I don't want to lose it. But Whosoever shall lose his life, lay down my life for his sake. And the gospel, the same is going to save it. And so it goes right back to again. You're going to have to lay down your life. There's no plan B. You've got to get out of the nursery. You've got to let him have complete control rule, and reign over your life. How, was, how we must anger God? when we do not allow him to have complete control and reign over our life. He'd been running lives a long time before we got here, been running lives a long time after he's gone. He's always done a good job, never made a mistake. One mistake, why then don't you lay down your life? <laughs> oh, you're afraid he's going to mess it up. You'd be the first. <laughs> You'd be the first. <laughs> yeah. So you got, I, I can't do it for you. It's a better deal. You know, you remember how you talk to people about salvation. You'd want them to to experience this new birth, forgiveness of sins, guilt all gone. And man, it's it's really great. And they don't want what you have. And they kind of, that's way too easy. And they just kind of live for themselves. I'm trying to share with you something that's wonderful. And the people react the same way. We don't want what you got. They don't see it. They don't see any... They don't see, I guess they don't like salvation, they don't see how they could be saved and and how we can walk with God or something. It's just about the same. I'm thinking, wow. I thought everybody would say, yeah, I want to know how to live with Christ, prove the will of God, test it out, and prove it to myself and how his will is good and acceptable and perfect. I'd like to know that. Uh, Okay, so I'm just trying, all I'm trying to do is help. All I'm saying is, I love you. I love you. And that's all I'm saying. And you can get to know him as good as you want to. question is, do you want to walk with God? Do you want to get to know him? You want to get to know him intimately. You want to get to know him like no other Christian on the planet. And is he worthy? And so, now, so Galatians 2.20 did that decades ago. Nevertheless, I live. I'm here. You see me? Yet not I. I have no life. I laid my life down. I'm a dead man, been dying for 30 years. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I. Christ liveth in me. And the life which will not live in the flesh shall live by the faith of the Son of God. You know what the problem is? You have no faith. It's faith. Faith in what he said. I reckon, act as if what God says is true. It's just, he said it. We, oh, tell me, you're something you're fully persuaded that He actually meant. And so it's living by faith. It's impossible to please him for he to come with the God. Can you imagine you stand before him and you say, oh, ye a little faith. Well, folks, I, I don't want that. I, don't, I wish I'd have done more. Uh, oh, ye a little faith. And he'll bring the storm. I mean, he told the, the ones to get in the boat and cross the other side, and he crawls a great storm, and they out there, ah! I mean, he already told him going to the side, and this, that, and the other. So he'll bring a great storm in your life. And try to test and prove you to see if you're, you know, we talk, we, talk, we like to talk to talk, but we don't want to pay the. And that's what I'm saying, you've got to be serious. Because when you say "I believe," he, he, he you know, I surrender. He actually took you at your word that you actually meant what you said. And so, so how can you live for Christ? Do the will of God, glorify God, be what God wants you to be? How can you stand before Him one day unashamed with a praise in mind? Well, you can. You can be what God wants you to be as you make a decision to yield your life to Christ, yield your body. Uh, a living sacrifice to God. Not a dead sacrifice, but a living sacrifice. He wants you dead indeed to sin. He wants you dead indeed to living for yourself. Paul, what do you mean by living sacrifice holy? The word holy here means that which is dedicated. That's what I'm saying. See, Paul had nothing on us. He's given us instructions. The word, that was getting for admonition so we can take it to a new level in our walk with God. The 20th century Christian <laughs> has it. I mean, today. We're still in the land of the living. We can take it to a level that these guys they, you know uh, uh, Samson you know I I don't know if I told you about Samson he could carry a city gate nearly 40 miles on his back but he could not resist Delilah I mean the man had a real problem well that was written for our admonition we don't have to make the same mistake he made and then uh, Solomon he already did it he did everything he did everything under the sun man the whole duty of man is to fear God and keep his commandments I mean we don't have to I just got to I said man I don't have to do what that guy did he blew it, you know. You know, and I don't, have to, I don't have to do all that. And he's supposed to be the wisest, you know. I'm thinking, wow, you know. It, it, Paul, what do you mean by a living sacrifice? Well, the word holy means that which is dedicated, that which is set apart. So what was he point? He's simply saying this. A living sacrifice is to be dedicated to God. A living sacrifice is to be set apart to God. When you make a decision to walk with God, to live for Christ, to pursue the will of God, uh, to yield your body, I meaning you made the final decision in your life, okay? <laughs> and that's why you've got to get in the book and find out what you ought to do. And so what he's saying here, um, you are dedicated yourself to God. You're setting yourself apart to part God. This is a simple reminder that now, at this point, everything you possess belongs to him. Your life, your dreams, your plans, your ambition, your goals, every ability that you have, every spiritual gift that you possess, every talent that you have, it all now belongs to Him. You've actually given it back. you laid down your life for Him who <laughs> died for you. I just, I, just, I just made a simple decision to lay down my life for someone who, 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 who died for me. And so that's what he wants. So your life now, your dreams, your plans, your ambitions, your goals, your children, your family, your car, your house. I had this one brother in Christ. He said, Brother, I love my hair more than I love the Lord. Now, hey, I met someone. He said, I love my, she said, I love my dog. (laughs) Dog and Lord. And your hair and Lord. I don't know what it is in your life, Facebook and Lord. I mean, there was this one girl, she wanted makeup, you know. And, and and she wanted her makeup more than she wanted the Lord. Not the Codria. Come on, okay. put your hands up, Lord. You know She said, "But it's in my head, but not in my heart." <laughs> it's not that she did not know. And then finally, she decided to. And it's like John Wayne, you know, whatever, preeminent, you know. And you got it to and you go. And once you make it, this it starts with the decision. And the decision here, and then. He'll take you at your word. Whosoever will come after me, Mark eight thirty four. Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. And I don't know that I'll have a chance to talk about that one, but, you know, it's a life of self-denial and you got to die. The cross was an instrument of death. When Jesus, and, and when he told the crowd, whosoever come after me, uh, you know, die him, deny himself, take up his cross, well, the cross instrument of death. And so when a prisoner was crucified by Rome, it was his job to pick up his cross or cross beam, place it on his shoulders, carry it out to the place of execution. So when a prisoner took up his cross, he was good as dead. He wouldn't do anything else after he took, his, took up his cross. He was a dead man. So when Christ he said, hey, will you walk with me? By my side as my friend, as my companion. I want you to deny, deny yourself and die. I want you to die. <laughs> and die to what? The life you've made for yourself. And come walk with me. And let me have complete control and reign over your life. And, I'll, and that's normal Christianity 101. Uh, uh, you, I, I didn't write it. He wrote it. And so you must yield your bodies a living sacrifice to God. So here, here it is. So for example, you need to give your mouth to God. Really? Yeah. Ephesians 4:31 and 32. Yield your tongue to gossip or yield your mouth to the Lord. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from to all malice. Be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God pray for God, for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. And so if you're going to present your body as a living sacrifice dedicated to God, present the body to, tonight. It's going to be more than being uh, making a commitment to going to church Sunday school, Sunday morning. What was it? Tuesday night. Right? You all come to church. So Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Tuesday night what this what I'm sharing is going to be far greater than that that that's that, that's that's Four of the hardest things you'll ever do for Jesus, and that's go to church, make up your mind, be in church, because now you've got opposition from the devil. You're going to be opposed by every decision you make. Every decision you make, you're going to be opposition from the devil. He don't, he, he, his will is that you might rebel. He don't want you to walk with God. He don't want you to talk to God. He don't want you to get to know God. Uh, he, he wants you to rebel. He loves sins. He loves wickedness. He despises someone stopping at a stop sign. He despises righteousness. You should see we should all get we should know all this. Right? So it's gonna take another decade to realize that first Peter five eight, be sober, be vigilant, put your mind in gear be on the lookout for danger you got an adversary and his desire is to swallow us up leaving no trace that we've been here and he's doing a great job and so if you're going to present your bodies a living sacrifice dedicated to i am it's going to be more than just going to church uh it's going to be more than reading the bible every day (laughs) i'm sorry it's going to be more than praying every day it's going to be more than being a witness for jesus every day Four of the hardest things you'll ever do for him It goes against the world, the flesh, and the devil. If any one of these three succeed the world, the flesh, the devil, they're gonna mess you up in your spiritual growth, and you walk with the I am. And so, and we'll talk about that in a minute. So, if you're going to present your body as a living sacrifice dedicated to God, it's going to be more than putting your tithes and offerings in the offering plate. Really? Yeah, you must yield your bodies a living sacrifice totally to God. And that's the key. Totally to God, totally dedicated to God. At this point, totally given over to God in every single way. You don't go through your life and say, I'm going to, you know, you provide a little life and a little apartment and say, Lord, you can have your supreme here, but I'm going to operate by another principle over here. That don't work door number one, door number, it's all it's all his, and then let him have complete control and then let him guide you. And then he, then, <laughs> acceptable and the God, it gets worse. <laughs> yeah, 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 it gets worse. It's not all. Oh, you can present your bodies and you're going to die and then you live in the God, you know, now and he says, which is your reasonable service. Then the apostle Paul said, acceptable in the God, which is your reasonable service. So the word acceptable here speaks to something that is well pleasing to God because, <laughs> I was in the church last week, last week, I said, I'm not here to please you. <laughs> I'm here to please god that's i'm on a mission for the almighty he said go tell my people i'm not well pleased i said you know that's not going to go down well lord he said well john baptist lost his head stephen was stoned and i was crucified and you're not going to be exempt but he said you know what? i think he raised me up in the 21st century so that when you stand before him one day you will have no excuse isn't that great go tell my people you know, yeah. You, when you stand here, you're not going to say, "Well, no one told me." You know, no one, no one, no one. You won't. You, 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 he said, "No, I, I sent my servant, and he was obedient, and you choose to live a different sort of life." You see, you are going to stand before him one day. Hebrews nine twenty-seven. The appointed of the men wants to die after this the judgment. Romans fourteen ten. We should all stand before him. Romans fourteen twelve says so. Then every one of us will give an account of himself to God, and it's going to be wood, hay, stubble. It's going to be gold, precious stones. You got to decide: is he worth it? Are we living for God? I mean, this is not our home. We're merely passing through. You have a passion to make money, a passion to build a business, but do you have a passion to walk with God? That's the bottom line. And so you've got to decide how you can do it, how you can live for Christ, do the will of God, glorify God. It starts with presenting your body a living sacrifice, holy, dedicated to God, set apart, which is your reasonable service. He is the only one we must please. Whatsoever you do, do it hardly as in the Lord, not in the men. And Jeremiah seventeen nine and 10, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The Lord searched the heart. I try to reigns, even to give every man according to his way and according to the fruits of his doing. I'm telling you, God knows. He knows why you do what you do. And so, he, he knows your heart. And so, brethren, um, so let's go. So, the apostle Paul accepts. So, what was Paul saying? He's simply saying this. You have not been saved to please yourself. Sorry. You have not been saved to do what you want to do down here in this life. Uh, you have been saved to yield your bodies, present your bodies a living sacrifice to God, so that you can walk with God, talk to God, fellowship with Him, totally dedicated to God in every single way, so that God is now well pleased with His kids, totally given over to God, seeking only to please Him because that's our reasonable service, period. And that's, that don't take a decade to get. It didn't take me a decade to get it. And they said, How long did it get? It's when the pastor presented this to me, and he says, Norman, this is, the, this is what you ought to be doing. It didn't take decades to get it. It was just applying what he taught me. He was just like, you're supposed to think and read it at the same time. You know, he said, you're supposed to study to show thyself approved unto God. I mean, I had a business, successful. I had and all of a sudden, next thing I know, four years later, I'm going off the Bible college. No, it was five years later, I'm going off the Bible college. They wouldn't accept me in Bible college. I had to get me a GED. It took me several years just to get the GED. I think they felt sorry for me. I still didn't know anything about it. I just answered, I just kind of filled in the blanks. After the second or third time, they gave it to me, and I went off to Bible college. And I get to Bible college, and conjunction, what's that? Now, I didn't know, and then they get, get, get speed reading. and didn't know that, but I did know that I can do all things through Christ with strength of me. And I graduated May 3rd, ninety six, with a Bachelor of Biblical Studies degree, majored in the Bible and Evangelism, minor in Pastoral Theology and Missions, like in two classes, having three majors in four years with a 4, 4.0. And I'm just simply saying, God has, hey, what He has done for me, He can do for you. It's just been one good decision after another. I just, well, I just, I didn't know anything. I didn't know absolutely zero. But the man of God stood up, that's the pastor stood up, obeyed them, have the rule over you and submit yourselves. That's a lost start. And so he just said, Norman, you're supposed to do this and do this and do this. If you do this and do this and do this, this is going to happen. I thought, okay, I got it. And just like my teeth, you know. The dentist says, if you do this and do this and do this, you know, you don't, don't, he told me, you know, I don't, I'm going to the dentist tomorrow. Uh, I hadn't been there in a couple of years, you know. He's told me the last time I didn't have to be back in three years. I have no, I don't know that I have any trouble with my teeth. But, uh well, when he sat me down in the chair, he began to clean my teeth, you know, and he spent a couple hours about eight years ago, a couple of hours or more on my teeth, you know, and he did this and did that, and then when I got done, he put me in the chair and he spun me around, and he says, you know what James 4, 17 says? Therefore to him that knoweth do good, and not to him in sin. I said, yeah, I know what he said. he said. I'm going to tell you how to take care of your teeth. But I'm just thinking, well, here's a man who's going to take care of my teeth, and all he's asking me to do is do right, do right. He said, now, Coke's out of the question. You don't, don't drink any more Coke's ha <laughs> Can you imagine that? You want to walk with God? Certain things you've got to get rid of, right? Ha-ha! <laughs> no more golf. you never going get golf. Okay, you may not be willing to pay that price, okay? But don't get mad at somebody who wants to walk with God. Come alongside and say, praise God. Amen. Go for it. And so, he said, Coke's out of the question. He said, now, if you've got to have a Coke, you can have a Coke. Well, you know, satisfy the flesh. But he said, drink it down with a straw. I said what? He said, "Yeah." He said, "Don't sip on it. Don't sit there and sip on it." He said, "If you got to have one, he said, just take a straw and suck it past your teeth and just let it go on down." I thought, well, I, don't know. I said, yeah. "And you've got to have a snack at night. You get up and you go to the restroom. You got, you know, you have to get a snack at two in the morning." He said, "Brush your teeth." My snacks are gone now. I can't even have an orange slice at two in the morning. My orange slice are gone. <laughs> okay, I'm just—I don't know how you. I'm just telling you. I'm, the reason I know that because I've been there. I've done that. I just don't do it no more. You floss your teeth. You brush your teeth. Then you, know, you got 1,001, 1,002, 1,003, 1,004, 1, you got to spend two minutes. You know. But you can quote scripture. Put scripture on the mirror or something. You can do something while you're doing. Discipline yourself. And so I'm, I'm excited. I'll go back. Uh, I was there two years ago. And I was in there less than 30 minutes. Now my wife gets in the chair and he says, <laughs> You've not been doing right. <laughs> he looked in there and he said, yeah. "He could see he could see doing right and not doing right." Okay. He started on her teeth at nine thirty. Didn't get done till noon. Okay. He says, well, "I got to close your mouth." So he closed the mouth. Went out to eat, and he started again. It went from one thirty all to four o'clock. Okay. I'm just telling you, you can take it easy way or the hard way. It's your decision. It's available, and I'm just to me that was just. You know, it was so simple. I Just obey, obey, and do what he said. And I know people got stronger teeth, and people have weaker teeth, and this, I know, and this, that, and the other, but it doesn't hurt just to do what he instructs you to do. If you'll do this, and do this, and this. So God's the same way. You know, he's, he's be not conformed to this world, so present your body as a living sacrifice. And so, okay, so, so you're not going to serve God. Actually, if you don't get this, you'll never serve God to the full extent he wants to use you in his service today. Let alone the world to come, okay? So... I'm not saying he won't use you. He's using you today. you know, his church's got his lights on, this that and the other, but I'm not to the full extent he wants to use you today in his service, a greater level of service, and you don't have to be looking for that. So and that you know, if, if, if your body's not totally dedicated to God, if your body's not totally given over to God in every single way, you'll never be used to the full extent that he wants to use you today. That's all I'm saying. So, so ask, let me ask you something. Do you have anything in your life today that is not totally dedicated to God? That could be a dog. That could be your hair. <laughs> that man cut all of his hair off. That is why I said, I not you to get right with God, but I didn't want you to cut all your hair off. <laughs> he cut it off. He come in bald, man. Uh, he got it. It didn't take him a decade to get it, but he... But, you know, I don't know what it is. God knows how to get it. I'm simply saying, be warned. God knows how to get what you're trying to keep from him. And he's patient. So do you have anything in your life today that's not totally dedicated to God? Do you have any plans in your life over which the Spirit of God does not have complete control, rule, and reign? Do you have any areas in your life where you say, Lord, you can have everything but this? Well, he knows how to get it. And so, now I'll present you about his living sacrifice. You've got to decide. And now number two, be not conformed to this world. Evidently, there were some Christians in Rome who were fashioning themselves like just like the world. They were... Acting like the world. We have the same thing today in the 21st century. They were copying the world's standards, they were playing the world's music, and they were wearing the world's clothes. So when you see children of God that way, it is hard to tell whether or not they're truly born again, right? It's hard to tell. Whether, I mean, you got earrings hanging out your nose, you got the oh, this thing, out your tongue. I mean, you got oh, black hair, you got black fingernails. I'm a child of the king. I said, okay, <laughs> I'm not right here, okay? Uh, have you ever met some of them? they tell me I'm a child of the king and a, well, you don't dress like it, you know look like it or anything else you go they or truly experienced this new birth. We ought to be different and I'm thinking about the, the, the those two guys that over in England you know uh i don't, I use Prince Henry and or whatever this other one you know one guy was found in Las Vegas in a tub you know and I'm just thinking how can a how, you know, his reputation was on the line. How much more we? I'm, talking, I'm a child of the king. I represent the most high God. You, certain things you're not going to find me in certain things no more. Those are gone. Make no provision for the flesh. Don't do it because we represent God. You know, when you ought, and you ought to influence. You influence others. You ought to, like I said this morning, you ought to live in such a way and say, follow me as I follow Christ. The kids need it. We need it today. And so you decide. So, uh... So, okay, you're acting like the world. So you, the words be not in our text, be not conformed to this world, literally means stop doing it. So what was Paul saying? He simply saying yes, stop it. Just stop being like the world. Stop acting like the world. Uh, you can't possibly please God by acting like the world. You can't possibly honor God by acting like the world. You can't possibly glorify God by acting like the world. So stop doing this. So now you've got this Uh you know, you can't truly worship God Almighty by being and acting like the world. So stop it. Uh, do okay so then do you allow the world to dictate your values in this life do you allow the world to dictate your priorities do you allow the world to dictate your standards in your dress in your music in your speech and and, uh, uh, even in entertainment y'all not be doing that listen it is absolutely impossible for you to love the things of of this world and love the Lord Jesus Christ at the same time it's not going to happen folks it's absolutely impossible for you to copy the things of this world and be what Christ wants us to be. Well, First John two fifteen, John said, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, love the Father is not in him, for all that is in the world, lust of flesh, and lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So what was Paul saying? He was simply saying this. Let me give you an upgrade. We can y'all, You take it to a greater level of service. And he's saying, I beg you, I urge you, let's take it to a greater level of service. His, His life has ended. He's gone now, okay? We're still here in the land of the living. And we have a great opportunity. And so yield your bodies, a living sacrifice to God, totally dedicated to God in every single way so that God is well pleased, totally given over to God, seeking only to please God because that's your reasonable service. And stop acting like the world. Stop being like the world. You're frustrating yourselves. You're grieving the Holy Spirit of God living in you. And you'll never be happy. You'll never have the joy of the Lord, the Christ intended, you know, and never be happy. And so the bottom line is this, since you're born again, cleansed by the shed blood of Christ, since we have been redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb, and since you're a new creature, the Bible teaches, Second Corinthians five seventeen, therefore if a men be in Christ, new creature, all things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, why don't you act like it? I think those are pretty fair. Why don't, you, why, don't you act like, why don't you act like the new creature that you are? Why don't you act like the child of God that you are and stop acting like the world, stop being like the world? You're frustrating yourselves. You're grieving the Holy Spirit of God living in you as a Christian and you'll never be happy. And you say, how can I do that? Well, Paul goes on to tell us, number three, exactly, how we can accomplish all that. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's God's people learning to think right. And we don't think right no more. And now the word transformed here means to be changed. So the only way... See, there's not 25 different ways here. Remember what we talked about this morning? Why is it so important to abide in Him, united in Him... Maintain fellowship with God, if we maintain fellowship with god we 'll avoid a wither dry useless life as far as the cause of Christ is concerned he said you 'll bear fruit, verse five verse seven you 'll get your prayers in you have the, you're the you have the uh, the joy of the Lord in times of hardship, sorrow, and t- trouble and and then two conditions: one verse seven, his word abiding you. That's, you know, taking the truth that you've learned this morning Say saying, God, you taught me truth, going over it again today, tomorrow, and a year from day. Then and all you then, you're letting His Word abide in you. Then you've got to be obedient to it. Verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, abide in His love. And as you choose to walk with God, talk to God, fellowship with Him. You know, it's discipline. You make a decision to discipline yourself, open the book, say help. He'll meet you in that moment of discipline and empower you to do His will. <laughs> so... Yeah, so we should have been doing that for decades. Yeah, and so it's going. It don't take another decade. You, your whole life. One time, This is this is a this is a game change. Okay, life change. This means you've you made the final decision in your walk. You got to get in the book and find out where you ought to be. I'm not always sure what's right. That's why he gave you. This, I'll instruct and teach the way, and he'll take you where you are. He'll take you where you are. Allow him to mold you and make you. And 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 it's okay. I'm telling you, it's okay. Uh, he can handle it, <laughs> but see, you don't see you don't see the unknown, you don't see the heartache, the pain, the difficulty. But He will meet you in that moment of discipline, and He will empower you to walk with Him. And so, but He just wanting to build character in His kids. So now, okay, here we go. The only way you're going to come uh, going to be what God wants you to be. The only way is to be changed by the renewing of your mind every day. You know, remember I said change begins at the new birth. Change continues as you yield to the Holy Spirit of God. Don't grieve him by complaining. You yield to the Holy Spirit of God and the Word of God. So uh, by learning to think right now, if we can actually learn to think right, stop thinking like the world. You don't, I don't even turn on TV. I don't turn on the news. I don't. I don't have. I, I, I just don't. All they do, and they, I don't turn on Lush Ball or limbball or whatever. I know people use it for entertainment, but. The Bible says control them, the, the company you spend time with, control the ones that you spend time with because they can influence your character. That's the TV show, and that's the books you read, that's the video games that you play. And, and so you're going to have to... And and, and they're not going to help you, okay? And so do. They, my another thing, do, who, if someone attacks you or whatever, are they manifesting Galatians 5.22? Yes or no? You know, love and joy and peace and love, or are they manifesting the fruits of the flesh? That's a pretty good way to tell. You know, when, you're just asking, are they manifesting the fruits of the Spirit or are they manifesting the fruits of the flesh? <laughs> so why would you want them to influence your character? I mean, I don't... I, so anyway, that's freebie. But, so, you say... Uh, uh, if you can learn to think right, learn to think like God, learn to think as God thinks, learn to think God's thoughts, you will now be transformed. You'll be transformed to what you ought to be for God. That is, God's people will truly be changed to what they ought to be for the Lord. You say, preacher, how do you do that? How does one learn to think like God? How does one learn to think right, think like God, think as God thinks, think God's thoughts? That's at this point that the Bible makes the strongest bid for your attention. My pastor taught me this 30 years ago. He said, this is the record of God's thoughts. Norm, if you want to think right, you've got to get in the book. You want to think like God, think God, think, think God. You've got to spend quality time in the Word of God feeding the new nature that you have. It can't be a devotional book. It can't be a sermon textbook. Norman, the Bible needs to become the very lifeblood of your mind and your thinking. I said, really? I've never done that before. But it didn't take me another decade to get it. Man, I started... Or, just, you know, it was a decision and I leaned upon God and he gave me a little bit more. But now I've got, uh, he gives me more now than, I, you know, why should he give me more if I'm not going to use what He already given me? And so, you guys, so how does he learn to think right? And Bible's the strongest record of God's thoughts. We talk how, if, you, uh, if you want to know what God, how God thinks, read the Bible. If you want to know how God feels, read the Bible. Tell me something that he loves. I'm going to get a list of things that he loves and the things that he hates. And you tell me. You say, you love him? Well, tell me something that he said. He loves righteousness. You know? And we've got to find out what he loves and then find out what does God love uh, and hate. And then if you want, if we really want to know what he wants us to do today in fulfilling our Christian responsibilities in the 21st century, we as the people of God have got to spend quality time in the Word of God feeding to the nature that we have. And if we'll let the Word of God rule and dominate our minds, not the TV, not the video games, not the friends and family, just that and the other, we'll learn to think right, we'll learn to think like God, we'll learn to think as God thinks, we'll learn to think God's thoughts. Now, if we think right, think like God, think as God thinks, think God's thoughts, we'll be transformed. The Bible says my children will be changed to what they ought to be. And so the battleground is in the mind. (laughs) You see, the world will do everything it can to influence your thinking. That's why they have the billboards out there, and they have this, that, and the other. The TV advertising. They're going to influence your thinking. And and the flesh... Well, the flesh will do everything it can to possess your thinking, and the devil is going to do everything he can to mess up your thinking. And again, go back to if any one of these three succeed, they'll mess you up in your knowledge of Christ and getting to know God better. They'll mess you up in your walk with God. The walk that you started, if you're not careful, if you don't, you know, keep, be sober and be vigilant because your adversary. that if you don't be on that, you're, gonna, you're not going to be what God wants you to be. You've got to have to stay on... Just like a good soldier, you see, into a hardness of the good soldier. If so any one of these three succeed, if you have no walls, I ain't even talked about the walls and building up the walls, and if that and the other, and having ought to be strong. Man, we ought to be strong. That word strong is to bind and cleave and to fortify. And that's just like taking a pencil. This is a the pencil. They give me 105. And this was back in Bible college. I graduated May 3rd, 96. So it was probably in 95, somewhere like that. I did a 10-minute a, a, a message in, in, in there. And uh, I left my pencils on the, on the desk, you know, and if I would have went back and came back, I'd have lost some time, and she gave me an extra points because I improvised. <laughs> I said, well, this is the weak Christian. This is the Christian. Don't take time to read the Bible. He don't know who God is. What do you, he don't Jeremiah 32, verse 27, Behold, I'm the Lord, the God of all flesh. Anything too hard for me? He doesn't know anything about, you know, read the Bible. You know, and when, when the death of a loved one, you know, his spouse dies and maybe the death of a, of a child or, or a tragedy, hardship, problem, all of a sudden he has nothing, he just, he just, he's a weak Christian. He's not obeying Joshua 1.9, Joshua eight. This spickle of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. He's not doing that. That thou mayest observe the two according to all that is written there. For then thou shalt make the way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Well, he don't even know what he said. And so when trouble comes, hardship, pain, pain difficulty, IRS, bloop. Clinton in White House. I mean, I'm telling you what, and you're going to break like that. And I'm saying, man, and a strong Christian, wow, well, he, he knows who God is. He knows God is on the throne. He knows that God's calling his shots. <laughs> I mean, he knows. You know, and everything give thanks for this. First Thessalonians uh, uh, five eighteen, and everything give thanks to the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Uh, all things work together for good to them of God in Romans eight twenty-eight, and Jeremiah thirty two, verse twenty seven, behold the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? In Jeremiah uh thirty-three, one more of the word of the Lord came into Jeremiah the second time while he was just shut up in the court of the prison. Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it, established, the Lord is his name three times in one verse. He said, The person making this promise is Jehovah, put his very reputation in land, promise, one of the greatest promises in prayer, calling to me, and show so the great many things without those not. And I'm telling you what, when, the, when Clinton get in, he'll still be standing, you see. <laughs> Praise God, bring it on. <laughs> okay, Christianity 101. You should have got that already. I got that nearly 30. I'm, I'm, I'm not got to the hard stuff yet, okay? That was 30 years ago. I, I was welding, I was just a babe in Christ. I was welding. And a piece of the the slag off of the rod embedded it on the pupil of my eye. But I didn't remember. I didn't know all about Joshua 1, but I did not I did know that he was with me. Have not a commanded thee. Be strong. They put me in like a, f- a football helmet kind of thing, and they pushed my eye open and spread open. They took like a drill that you use on your teeth on my eyeball, and they began to run around on my eyeball, and that black spot became white. Okay? I don't know about you, but that's pretty direct. Then I'm thinking... Have not committed. Be strong. Have good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be all This made for I am with thee. Norm, <laughs> you don't see me. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you what that helped me. I never got over that, and I'm built upon that so I can be strong when others are falling. And but that and but so much more. Now he's in my car. I can't get rid of him. You know. <laughs> I, he knows my thoughts. Ezekiel eleven five. I know the things that come into your mind. And that was an upgrade. I can't even get by with a dirty thought now. Okay, not that I want to. You see, now I gotta keep. I gotta live a godly life in His presence, and He wants the same thing. You say, preacher, what must I do? You need to give your mind to God. You need to yield your mind to the Lord. It's that simple. What do you think on as a child of God? Does the Bible have anything to say about it? Yes, it does. It goes back to Philippians 4.8. Finally, brethren, what sort of things are true and what sort of things are honest? What sort of things are just? What sort of things are pure? What sort of things are lovely? What sort of things are good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Now, from this point forward, our mind ought to be governed and guided by these kinds of things. That's really, really, turn on the, you'll, ever, you'll rarely ever turn on the TV set. <laughs> if you're fully persuaded. You're only supposed to think on things that are true and honest and just and pure and lovely, and what sort of things would good report. Does that make any sense to anybody? Right? you going So we're gonna all do it. You know, praise God. We're gonna obey. Very best way. So you might not. Okay. All right. What's the end result of doing all this? What if we choose to do what we've learned tonight? If we all choose to yield our bodies or present our bodies tonight, a living sacrifice dedicated to God, never single, we totally given it all to God, single, seeking only to please God because that's actually our reasonable service and walk with Him. And from this point, we're not going to allow the world. Uh, to uh, dictate our values, we're not going to allow the world to dictate our priorities. We're certainly not going to allow the world now to dictate our our, our 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 entertainment. You know, standards, dress, music. We learn to think right, think like God, think as God thinks. What's the end result, Mom? Paul goes on to say that God's people may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He's simply saying this. By God's people just doing right, doing these things, they can prove the will of God. They can test it out and prove it to be good. And they can prove to themselves and to others. I'm telling you, it's, God's will is good and acceptable and perfect. You can't improve upon His plan. He's got a plan for your life. But what we're problem is we're seeking our own dreams, our own plans, our own ambition, our own goals. And we're forsaking his will, his plan, his ambition, his goals. And he says, you are a fool. You've exchanged what I've got planned for you. And just so I was going to take you another. Then I met this one brother. He got so angry at me. (coughs) Excuse me. His name was Derek. And Derek Sanner. That's his name. You can call him up. He's in Pennsylvania. I'll give you a number. But anyway, I was in Pennsylvania, and I said, Derek, you are a fool. You have exchanged what God's planned for you. I didn't know. He was planning to go to Texas. I didn't know that. I was just preaching. He said, your bony finger got in my face, and he told me I was a fool. I was going to, uh, uh, and he says, in my heart, I was going to Texas. And he actually went to Texas. I said, you're exchanging what God's planned for you. You're pursuing your own dreams, your own plans, your own ambitions, and you're a fool to exchange what God's planned for you. Family out of church. Five years later, he calls me up, and he said, Brother Stevens, he says, keep preaching it. He said, it took five years to get it. Five years, I've been out of the will of God, not family, not in church. I uh, lost my job, you know, and this, that, and the other. And he said, but I got right with God, and I just wanted to let you know that uh, I never got your bony finger on my face for five years. And he said, now I'm back in Pennsylvania. Now he's in church, this, that, and the other. He called me up in Christmas uh, a little over a year and a half, maybe two years ago. He called me up, and he said, Brother Stevens, you got a need? I said, well, I don't usually publicize my needs. I said, I want to live like George Mueller. <laughs> I said, I'll just tell God. You go ask him, and he tell you. And I said, you yeah. know, and he says, well, I'm asking you. And I said, well, I need a computer. He said, how much is it? And I said, $1,299. He sent me a check for $2,000 for a man who, who, like seven years earlier, who got mad at me and went to Texas. That's amazing. But anyway, that was a true story. <coughs> so uh, if you yield your body as a living sacrifice dedicated to God, refuse to be conformed to the world, this, that, and the other, well, so you can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So don't you want to live for Christ, do the will of God, glorify God, be what God wants you to be, bow the knee one day with a praise in mind? not only be used in this world, but the world to come. Then like the Apostle Paul, he's already told us, uh, present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that God's people may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He's, by doing these things, you can prove the will of God, test it out, and prove it to be good. And so, how can you accomplish in this life what the Lord wants us to be? We can, all can accomplish in this life what God wants us to be as we make a decision, a simple decision, to yield our bodies a living sacrifice to God, totally dedicated to God in every single way, so that God is well-pleased. Let's stop acting like the world. Stop being like the world. We're frustrating ourselves. We're grieving the Holy Spirit of God. We'll never be happy. So, that kind of... And then I left it. Uh, you leave it. And then I did that, that five-year-old and eight-year-old girl, you know. Uh, where, you know, he has all there is of me, but that was a decision I made. Uh, you know, that, that that's what I come up with later, several years later, when I saw the five year old girl, eight year old girl jumping up or six year old, I said this morning, jumping up on under the bed, waiting for the garage door to open. So I know God's coming again. He promised I'll come again and receive Norm uh, where I am, I will be with him forever. I don't know when he's left me here to occupy until he comes. He wants me to walk with him, he wants to call the shots and allow him to live out his life and then through me. And he wants to. and I've even mean, got to Galatians two twenty. Y'all come in, I hope you come back tomorrow, we'll go on Galatians 2.20 and then maybe Mark 8.34 I haven't even got started I'm just, this is, this is old stuff it's almost like I have to go back 30 years and try to get, come on there is so much more and, and, and we're, we're really missing out you're missing out I'm not trying to take something, he's not trying to take something away from you he's trying to lead you to something that's wonderful and you too you can take it to a level far greater than I can even imagine, if you'll let Him have all there is of you. And so, Father, we love You. Uh, Lord, thank You so much for Your Word. Uh, it's right there. It's 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 not complicated. Uh, if we'll spend time with You in Your presence and let the Spirit of God teach us truth, and then I thank You for Pastor, a great teacher. I've enjoyed the time that I've heard Him teach here. Uh, they're being taught well. I pray that we take and like just be be doers and word, not hearers only, uh, deceiving your own selves. For if any man hearer the word not a doer, is like the man beholding his natural face in the glass, for bow himself and goeth his way, and straightway forget what manner man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deed. And so we just need to Get our priorities right. Get just make some okay, good decisions, and uh, allow you to have complete control, rule and reign over our walk. And we'll be careful to give you the thanks and praise for what we accomplished tonight, and what you're going to do uh, tonight, uh, tomorrow night, and and Tuesday night. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.